In this episode, we discuss the real-world applications of OPC UA PubSub. My guest on this episode is Praveen Kumar Singh. Praveen is the Chief OPC Solutions Architect at Utunga, where he leads Utunga's OPC-based product engineering and OPC product portfolio. He has more than 21 years of experience in implementing OPC solutions for the oil and gas industry and other industry verticals. And he also holds three patents in OPC technology. A quick thank you to our sponsors. This episode is made possible by our friends at HiveMQ, who are providers of an enterprise-grade edge and cloud-based MQTT broker. So please do check them out to help support this podcast. Welcome to the fourth generation podcast here on industry 4 TV, which is a series of weekly interviews designed to help you learn industrial IoT from some of the world's leading practitioners. So if you're new here, please make sure to subscribe and click on the notification bell so that you never miss any of the interviews. If you find this conversation interesting, please review it with five stars on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn at Kudzai Mandi Teresa. So Praveen, I would like to welcome you. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so today I want to talk to you about uh, OPC UA PubSub and its application in real-world industrial uh, applications. So mm-hmm. to set the stage here, can you begin by giving us an introduction into what OPC UA PubSub is? Sure. Uh, before I begin my 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 answer, you know, um, thanks for calling me on this uh, podcast, Kudze. Uh, I actually see your uh, podcast regularly and uh, it's a great help. I mean, you are actually giving a knowledge uh, very easily in a very simple language. Okay. So uh, before I explain the PubSub, you know, let's understand the need of the PubSub. And for that, let's go back uh, a bit in time. Okay. Uh, see, what happened is in the late 90s, okay, uh, OPC Foundation came together or the OPC Foundation was established by the automation companies because they had a need to uh, exchange the data between automation products. Okay. Which was not a possibility till that time. It was very hard. Okay. And that time, they came up with the first set of OPC specification, which was built on Windows, on Comdecom. And actually that specification became a very big hit. It was massively adopted in the industry. Okay. And because it was massively adopted in the industry, now there are more use cases. You know, there are different people coming from different verticals and saying, hey, I want to use this protocol. It looks great. And that's where their limitation uh, came in because then they realized that this product, uh, the specification is stuck to Windows, is working on calm, decom, okay? And then OPC Foundation set out to uh, build a net set of specification, which is called OPC UA, okay? By the way, do you know what is OPC means actually? What OPC mean originally? OPC uh, originally meant, yeah, yeah OLA for process control. The original uh, definition was OLA for process control, which meant, now OLA means object linking and embedding in Microsoft Word, where you could move object from Excel to Word. Okay, and uh, they wanted similar, something similar to bring to process control industry, and that's why it's called OPC. Then uh, they made it to open process connectivity, and now it's just OPC. They have removed all the definitions, <laughs> uh, just OPC UA. So coming back to OPC UA, uh, so this time they wanted to take care of all those problems that we talked about, okay, uh, where they are tied to Windows, and they, okay, uh, they had a, a duplicate uh, specification or duplicate functionality, different, different specification for historical alarm event data access. So when OPC UA was started, it was started in 2003-04 time, okay, and took a lot of time, you know, it, they took like three, four years to build the first version. It came in, uh, I think, seven, eight, 
but by the time it became stable and it got market adoption was 11 12 time in 2011 12 the industry really started adopting opc ua but they took so much time but when it came out it was worth because it was a disruptive innovation opc ua moved from the simple protocol to be a framework where communication protocol became one layer of it okay on top of that you have information model where you can define your own objects a type system basically and uh, they also gave a flexibility to the other vendors to define their own information model on that information model because it was extensible okay so original version itself has two protocol which was like tcp ip uh, using opc ua binary for uh, you know uh, planned communication real time communication and you had http over soap for web services so an opc ua server could have worked as a web service also now that http and soap is deprecated but it was there now, because they gave the information model, which is extensible, other bodies became interested. And that's where company specifications started becoming a reality. Okay, now different bodies wanted to use OPC. And now you have, I mean, you started having this OPC way for BACnet, you have for PADM, for ISA 95, and the companion specifications started coming in. And OPC UA started moving on, it started getting market adoption. Now, and as this is happening in 2014-15 time, cloud came in big time. Cloud became a reality where Azure and AWS came in the, in the marketplace. And now people started moving towards Azure. Now in automation industry want to move to Azure. But here, now Azure or cloud worked on the messaging uh, technologies and OPC UA was TCP, IP and HTTPS, right? But industry said, okay, we want to now move our OT data because now we are going to a cloud for all the analytical purpose, you know, to get the patterns out of the data. How do I move my OT data to corporate layer or to the cloud layer? And again, OPC UA was the answer because the framework was designed so flexibility, sorry, so flexibly, they actually just added a new protocol. You know, then they came up with OPC UA PubSub where they just added a new protocol layer, which is messaging protocol, which can work on MQTT, uh, MQTT or MQP or UDP. And they designed a corresponding information model and just you, uh, the framework became extensible. There was a new layer that added to the OPC UA framework. And that became the answer because it was already designed. The information model, which was there for TCP IP was available on the PubSub. It became the de facto protocol to move all the OT data from automation industry to the cloud. And that's why OPC UA pops up to, uh, became a hit and it got an adoption much faster than OPC UA TCP IP because it was catering to a different territory which was not there. Because for OPC UA TCP IP and for other planned communication classic window, I mean, the OPC classic is still working. It is still there, right? So adoption there is slow, but here there's nobody else to do the same job with so much of information. And that's why PubSub got adoption so fast. Okay, so that's how OPC PubSub came in the picture. Oh, okay. okay, does that answer your question? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, it's it's always uh, good to understand the, the the background into how it came about, so that at least it will provide some context uh, as as we discuss uh, along and as we explore this technology. So maybe now to to give our audience a sense of where or how mm -hmm. they could implement OPC UA PubSub. Can you talk to us about the real-world applications of OPC UA PubSub? Sure. So, uh, see, what happened is uh, uh, when OPC UA came, right? Uh, when OPC UA came in, 
Uh, as I said, uh, it was disruptive innovation, right? Uh, I talked about information model uh, in the last answer. Now let me add some more uh, characteristic, right? OPC UA came with their own stack. They had their own communication stack. Okay, now you, know, you had a C stack or Java stack or .NET stack. What it essentially mean is OPC UA became cross-platform. The native framework I'm talking about, the Blaze framework became cross-platform. That means it can work on any platform. And because it can work on any platform, it can go to different layers of automation stack, which is used in plant, you know, L1, L2 layer, where you have failed devices or HMI. Now, OPC UA, which was just on two uh, level two or three, now can come to one, okay, below also. And you get the data on the PLC level also. So OPC UA started going through the different layers, but it was still hierarchical. With a TCP IP, a level two can talk to level three, okay? But with the cloud, with the cloud coming in and all that, now they wanted to have a data going all the way from level one to the cloud. Okay, now you have a use case where you have a device. Okay, we have PLC, which is moving the data in TCP IP way to the next layer for the real-time communication. At the same time, you want that same data to go to cloud for analytical purposes. That you could do with the help of PubSub. And when PubSub came to these devices, this PLC control, edge computing, you know, that uh, is a very famous word, right? You hear that uh, edge computing so many times. What exactly yeah. is edge computing, right? You are able, you are making an edge device to able to move a data to the cloud layer or the corporate layer. And OPC web pops up is the platform on which this became a possibility. So anywhere when you want to move a data from the lower level devices direct to a cloud, to a corporate cloud, we use OPC web pops up. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, embedded OPC UA pops up, right? So first of all, uh, what is uh, embedded OPC UA pops up and, and, and under what scenarios would it be required in industry? Okay, so uh, so what I just explained, right, uh, on the pops up, let me just extend that answer, you know, that way the context is maintained, right? So I just mentioned that, you know, OPC UA uh, pops up can work on uh, PLCs and controllers, right? Now, before pops up was there, what used to happen? Before pops up was there, what used to happen is OPC where pops up, uh, sorry, a PLC controller was sending a data in a field protocols to the next layer. Okay, so at the lower level, where you have different, different RTUs, PLCs, other devices, there were a number of protocols. You know, you have a Modbus, uh, you have Allen Bradley, you have Profibus, okay, there's a plethora of protocols there. And they all were moving data to the next layer. Now, the problem was when you speak so many protocols, which is just like a language, the way you have your own language, I have my own native languages. Whenever this language conversion is happening, there's a data loss, there's a corruption that is happening because it is never one-to-one -one mapping, right? That's one part of the story. Now, if you think about real plant, you know, if you go, I mean, I have been to a real plant and I know the maintenance becomes a headache. You know, the plant I was, uh, site I was, they had actually a team, uh, there were a team of two, three people just to manage those protocols. And there were two people for one protocol, not in all the protocols. Because not everybody can understand Modbus or Profibus or Ellen Bradley, right? So there were like a 20 people just there to debug those protocols. And it was really headache. Okay. Now, the same vendors that we're discussing, you know, who had this field protocols, what is happening is, all the OEMs now are moving towards OPC UA embedded. What they are doing is they are putting OPC UA in those devices directly. And that's where another expert of OPC UA comes in. See, when OPC UA was developed, they gave different profiles of OPC UA. What means is you can define a UA server in different, different capacities. 
you can have a nano profile server you can have micro profile server which is smaller servers running on the smaller devices or you can have full fledged server running on enterprise machines and when you add a pop sub layer on that okay now what is happening is the same device practically became the edge computers or the edge devices that we discussed last time so this is a practical implementation of edge device because when it's a small device you cannot have all the opc functionality running there right so just implement what you want okay and start pushing the data upwards so actually embedded you uh embedded opc your pops up with tcp ip okay actually is a pretty practical example and a practical use case does oh, that okay. answer your question yeah absolutely now in 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 an opc pops up network uh is there a way of, of configuring the participants uh, for them to be able to exchange information and and if so how does that configuration mechanism work okay so uh, see what happens is you require a couple of components right uh, in the uh, opc pops up uh, world right so here i'll take a, a reference of your own podcast the way you have explained in the last podcast right we have publisher we have subscriber uh, we have a middleware which can be a broker or brokerless right now to get a pops up started on the network the first thing you need a publisher a publisher is nothing but a source of information okay so if you ask me if i have to suggest to the end customer you know uh, you should always have a publisher maybe built on opc us server because if opc us server is a publisher okay you have almost all the functionality that is needed in future okay you can have another protocol uh, instead of tcp ip which is having a publisher and you get all the publishers in the network now next thing is the the broker you can have broker or the brokerless environment so let's leave this for a time and go to the subscriber subscriber is the consumer of the information again in a tcp world or opc ua world client was the consumer of the information so a client can be a subscriber but not necessarily there are use cases where publisher need not be us server or client need not be a subscriber but i'm just giving an ideal case so once you have publisher and subscriber established in the uh, in the network now what's the next thing next thing is you have to have a common understanding of what information you want to exchange right and that common understanding of information that you want to exchange can come via information model okay or via a discovery process that we will discuss in some time but the discovery you can get the information that you want to share across so the subscriber should know what data is coming in what semantics is coming what context it is coming okay and there should be a mechanism to exchange this data okay if you are opc us server and client there are multiple ways to get the data you can simply use the pops up information model configuration model to get this data or you can use the data set metadata to get this data i mean again i will refer your last last podcast where you explain this very nicely so i won't go in detail you can get a data set metadata to the subscriber so that he knows how to interpret the, the information and then it just some you know packets getting passed now coming to the last piece of the 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 setup is the brokers or middleware okay in case of a broker mechanism you can use either uh, one of the brokers like mutt or amqp or in case of brokerless mechanism you can have just have a udp multicast network where udp multicast will take care of all the message routing that is happening okay so that's how you go about configuring all these components oh, awesome one of the most important things uh, to be able to achieve when when setting up a network of industrial IoT systems uh, is to be able to discover what components are part of your network 
and, uh -huh. and other system related information, yes. of course. Yes. So how does the discovery process work in uh, in OPCA pops up? Yeah, okay, so I just want to again go back, you know, let's let's go back and see what discovery means, right? So discovery literally means in at least in the in the in a world of OPC UA or OPC, right? Discovery means uh, find out the source of information, right? We are trying to find the source of information so that we can connect to it, right? Yeah. Now, in case of OPC Classic, earlier days there was a component called OPC Enum to get all the servers. Okay. In case of OPC UA TCP/IP, we had an LDS service or GDS service to find all the OPC US servers. Now, at that time, why we were trying to find the servers? Because it was point-to-point -point communication or peer-to-peer -peer communication, where client is directly connected to the end server. And is getting a data. So if he just finds the end server, the rest is easy, right? And that's called discovery in the OPC UA TCP IP world. But in case of PubSub, the see the publisher and subscribers are not connected. It's a decoupled architecture, right? He did not, I mean, subscriber did not know the publisher. What he has to find is from where the information is coming. So if he can just connect to the broker in case of a broker mechanism, suppose you have broker as a middle layer, if he can find the broker, and he can use the broker to find all the information. Okay, he that is that is enough for him. Okay, if we can find what are the topics, what are the publishers, okay, what are the metadata that's coming out of it, that's good enough. And you have so well explained that in your last podcast, right? The impurity wildcard. Yep. So I'll not go in detail with that. So the broker part, that is how you do it. Now, in case of OPC UDP or OPC pops of UDP, where the broker is not involved, there. The part 14 of OPC specification defines a very nice mechanism where you have a discovery addresses or a discovery probe messages, which are sent to discovery addresses. Okay, so typically what happens in case of uh, PubSub, publisher is the one who sends them data and subscriber is the one who's consuming data. But in case of discovery, that's, it is a subscriber who starts the message. It has to be a discovery probe message, which can be sent across to a specified address given in the specification is already defined. And Publisher can start responding to those messages and can give different kind of data. Okay. Now, this is in case when the whole network supports this kind of a back channel communication where subscriber to publisher communication is available. But suppose the network does not allow for whatever reason, then it is expected that publishers should keep publishing this discovery publish address, okay, or discovery, uh, uh, discovery announcement uh, messages periodically on the network. Okay, about what endpoints it has, about what configuration it has, what confidence changes that has happened, which can cyclically put that data. So there could be different mechanism. And if it is uh, the channel back channel is allowed, let the publisher send the discovery probe message, and in the response, he will get the discovery announcement messages. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now to move to a uh, 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 Another topic, uh, that one of uh, information modeling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you ask me what the, the, the superpower of OPC UA is, I would, I would certainly say it's, <laughs> it's the information modeling capabilities, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So can you tell us about information modeling in the context of OPC UA PubSub? Yeah, so as you said, you know, um, OPC uh, information modeling was the key. It was information modeling because of OPC UA became such a big hit on, you know, it got adapted, component specification came out because now different bodies could represent their object, right? And because of that, I mean, see, 
the reason of that adoption is the way PubSub is defined is that information model is agnostic of the communication protocol that is used on the communication layer. Okay, so the information model which is being built in the OPC way is common to both of them. You can have a same information model which is used for TCP/IP and which is used for uh, uh, PubSub also. Now, what you can do is in case of see, as I said. In ideal scenario, as I said, I, I mean, I see in the future uh, a server will have TCP IP as well as the PubSub going together in a US server. Okay, so if you are a UA client, UA client is the best way to access the full information model. You get almost everything. Okay, now I'm talking about the data information model. Okay, of the objects which are being exposed by the, uh, the underlying net, you know, hierarchy. What is their assets? What is their field devices which are but now the second part of the story with the information model for the PubSub itself, which is called as PubSub configuration information model, right? When you have built a PubSub capability, what are the PubSub connection you have? What kind of writer you have? What metadata you have? Okay. If you want to access that completely, you should be a UA client. If you have a UA client, you can access it very easily and you can get almost all the information. But suppose you are just a subscriber and publisher. You are not really a fully qualified UA server. Then data set metadata that we discussed some time back comes in. Okay, the same information model. Information model basically is what? It is just adding a context to a data, a semantic to the data, right? And a data set metadata in the PubSub can do the same job. And if you are a client, then you anyways have the access to the full information model. Okay, so that's how you go about accessing the information model. So now you'd find that in most industrial IoT systems, you have to bring in third party systems that are not necessarily OPC UA. Yeah, enabled yeah. so how do these third-party systems consume information yeah. in an opc pops up network yeah that's a uh, that's a very good question and uh you know uh, and that is actually a key um see what happened is uh when opc your pops up was getting defined right uh they defined two uh kind of protocols for now there'll be in future there could be more but for now they have two types one is ua opc uadp and one is OPC UA going on uh, MQTT and AMQP, right? Which is JSON protocol. Okay. Now, when the OPC is, is going on, OPC UA PubSub is going over MQTT, AMQP in JSON packets, what essentially it means? Okay. It just means that now, I mean, okay. So before that, you know how MQTT works without uh, PubSub, right? In MQTT messaging protocol, you simply have JSON packets going on the broker, which are nothing but key value pairs. Right. So without OPC in typical MQTT, you have client or the third party, the people who are using that protocol defining those packets. I'll define, you know, an object and I'll tell you what object it is and you can uh, use that object as it is. Right. But when PubSub came in and they started using the same protocol, okay, they define those packets, they standardize those packets on their specification. Okay. But because they have standardized, but they are still same JSON packets. So now any MQTT client, Okay, which is there in the market, which is already capable of uh, intercepting MQTT pack, uh, packets, can actually take OPC or pops of data because they are just JSON packets. Plus, they are anyways getting the data set metadata to intercept that data in a better way. Okay, so you do not be an OPC UA client. Okay, for example, you know, you have this MQTT FS client, right? But there are so many MQTT clients, okay, which are actually able to see these packets. Okay, in fact, uh, as I said, uh, uh, we, our product that we'll discuss later on. No? We, we, whenever we do, do a demo, actually we use uh, this client to show that flexibility that you know, just need to have MQTT client and not OPC UA client. And most of the cloud players are also doing that. 
right. in their data ingestion layer they have built in mqtt support okay because of which they can just get the data from opc or pub sub okay so that's how uh, any third party can get the data on the mqtt part of it okay, okay. so Another uh, technology that always uh, comes up when we talk about OPC pub sub is uh, TSN, uh, time sensitive networking. Uh, can you describe what that relationship is like and where is it uh, best applicable? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah. So uh, this is where we are moving towards now, right? Uh, see, what happened is, uh, as I said, uh, the more better you are, the more use cases you get. And the more use cases you get, you become better, right? So because of the classics, uh, hit uh, OPC way was born and, you know, everybody started using it. And then when OPC uh, became such a big hit, you know, uh, many more industries started coming in. Then now we have industries like security or the robotics coming in, uh, okay, uh, trying to use OPC PubSub. And you also have the, the field level communication where deterministic data is very important. When you are doing a field communication, you are moving data at the field level, data has to reach at the time it has been given. If a delay is said to be a 5 millisecond, it has to be 5 millisecond. It cannot be 5.5 millisecond. And that is called deterministic communication. Now, by, by nature, our Ethernet that we are using, you know, on our laptops or on our network is not a deterministic communication. Okay, the TCP IP stack or underlying Ethernet is never a deterministic communication. It They will simply say, we suggest you, we'll tell you that we will try our best to give you data at 5 millisecond. But it may become a 6 millisecond as well which is not acceptable in these industries like robotics or you know uh, secu uh, safety or in this uh, field communication because there that is the key property okay just to give a simple i mean it may not be a real <laughs> example but just imagine you are moving a robot two arms right and just yeah. both the arms are getting controlled by opc ua communication okay and you are moving a glass from this hand to this hand if this signal comes at 5 milliseconds, this comes at 5.5, this guy has released a glass, but this has not pulled the glass, right? Yeah. Where's the glass now? <laughs> On the floor, right? So that is deterministic communication, right? When this guy is leaving the glass, this guy has to hold the glass, yep. right? They have to exactly behave or react at the same time. That's called deterministic communication. Just a very simple example. Now just imagine that happening at the field level. Okay, that's why... OPC way, when they started as a, they call OPC way TSN, now it is called OPC way FX, which is field exchange communication. It is driven by FLC group, you know, field level communication group. Yeah. So to move the data at the field level, which is controller to controller, controller to device, okay, they are uh, going for the TSN, but uh, that's not the only application. I think robotics will use it, safety industries will start using it in future. Ah, okay, interesting. Now, uh, the, 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 the fact that OPC UA client server can be used in conjunction with OPC UA PubSub. Uh, can you describe to us um, uh, uh, like some use cases where that kind of uh, scenario would, 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 would work? Yeah, so um, as I said, uh, most of the devices, right, uh, most of the devices which are running at L1 layer or L2 layer, L0 to L2 layer I'm talking about, um, see, they have to uh, move our data uh, in multiple ways. Okay, now the need is that um, the industry is saying the real-time communication which was happening in the plant in the OT layer, you know, below uh, OT layer, right? In the real-time communication, uh, they, that is still there. That uh, communication is still happening, but they want now cloud connectivity as well. They are saying I want the same data to come to a cloud for my own work. Okay, now because these are two different requirements, there are they have to be addressed by two different protocols. 
okay one is for the ot communication where it is real time going to the next layer but has to be much faster and small chunk of data is getting moved we you use opc your tcp ip okay which is running in ot layer has a lot of security built in okay and when you want to move a same kind of data but you are moving uh, to a cloud but that time response is not very uh, critical okay if the data goes after 2 second is no big deal because they are using for future analytics and for finding patterns and other thing you know doing predictions okay but when you have to take immediate decisions on that data okay like setting a set point or removing a you know reducing a temperature or increasing a pressure based on that data the time response is very critical right so in the field in that ot layer okay tcp ip is still used and will be used okay because it's faster whereas when you are moving a data to a cloud you have to go to the uh, mqtt or mqp kind of protocols now if the same device or the same uh, software is doing both the work it has to have both the endpoints right to move the next layer the, the real time you have to use a tcp ip and to move data to a cloud you have to use uh, uh, any uh, a bobsum mechanism uh, or broker basically i think it was uh, late last year or, or early this year when the opc foundation announced the commitment by some uh, cloud companies such as azure and 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 aws to to support opc pubsum right yeah yeah uh, can you describe to us how uh, opc pubsum integrates uh, with azure for example so see uh so i just explained uh, this uh, architecture right uh, um, the whole architecture of ot right uh, what happened is uh, now what has happened is azure has come up with uh, something called as opc iot hub okay and uh, see what happened is microsoft came late into the uh, uh, this uh, but they they have now massively invested and you know uh, they are the main contributor to the foundation okay and uh, the dotnet standard core uh, stack which is in the github right is being contributed by microsoft and uh, they are maintaining it and and they themselves are using it big time okay because they realize that opc pubsub is going to be a de facto protocol in future by all the industry they started building their entire iot hub on opc pubsub okay so actually uh, if you look at the uh, azure iot they have this components you know they have opc publisher okay yep. which does the same job you know it uh, it can connect to a, a, a native uh, below protocols it can connect to the below devices and get the data and convert to opc web pubsum okay so in, now current publisher just connects to a opc web tcp ip as a client okay from below server and converts to pubsum but there could be other publisher who can do the job okay and i'll talk about that when i talk about the pubsum bridge actually so they have the publisher where they take a data from ot layer which is coming into cpip that we discussed in the last uh, section yeah. and convert to pops up once it is pops up it can come on the uh, the data ingestion point where the iot hub starts and when it has come there all the components that iot hub has it you know where they are processing a data doing work on a the data they natively understand opc pops up and microsoft has many a time uh, discussed that and talked about it okay so they have yeah. built the entire iot hub based on opc web pubsub and actually because of that we are getting that push so when i said you know sometime back the industry started demanding uh, pubsub and all that right because yeah. cloud players were actually pulling from their side because they finalized uh, on this protocol that we they will be using this protocol for moving a data and making all our components understand this protocol natively okay 
it has a huge demand of the pop stop to get uh, uh, come down at the ot layer so that's how you know you take a data from ot layer you move to a cloud at a jsr injection layer and then uh, all the components understand the data so maybe let's 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 uh dive into the uopc pop sub bridge right uh, which yeah. is um, a product of utunga a company that you are a part of uh, can you give us an overview of uh, UOPC pub sub bridge? Uh, before that, you know, uh, I mean, I see we have discussed all the aspects, uh, but we have not talked about security. Can we touch on security a bit? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, security is, because security is something which is very interesting in a in a pub sub world, you know. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to actually discuss that also uh, before I go there. So, see. Uh, Again, in PubSub, security again has come from the OPC, UA, TCP, IP world. Okay, so let me first explain how it works in TCP, IP, and then I'll use the same context in the PubSub. Okay, yep. so in TCP, IP, when you're building a channel, okay, when you're doing a two endpoint connection, okay, you uh, have a SSL channel or DLS channel built there, okay, using the private, public private key, okay, and it is a symmetric key encryption. Okay, so it's a very strong encryption, but it's slower. Yeah. Because typically data uh, movement transfer is always inversely proportionate to the encryption uh, technology, you know. So what OPC UA did is, you know, what they did is they did smart work there. Is when they are building that ch channel, they use this asymmetric encryption, okay. But once the channel is built, which is encrypted, the first thing they do is they actually build a session key on top of that, okay. They okay. generate a session key for the message encryption, okay, which is symmetric keys. And symmetric keys run much faster than asymmetric keys. In asymmetric key, data transfer happens in kilobytes, whereas symmetric could be in megabytes. Okay, so they have a session key to do rest of the encryption. Now, when a PubSub was getting designed, okay, now you do not know the publisher and subscriber, right? Because they are decoupled architecture. How do you go about it? Okay, so they extended the same concept here. Okay, and they bought a third component. So first thing is you have same kind of symmetric keys, uh, which are session keys available in the PubSub, okay? And for that, they have bought in the third component, which is called secure key service. Now, secure key service could be an independent component or could be a part of server or client or publisher subscriber. But when they are connecting to it, they have to use the same secure encryption mechanism that I talked about, you know? I mean, that's how the functions are given. So they are US yeah. one client that which, which I've been emphasizing earlier, right? Uh, you get this default. So if you have a secure connection on top of that, you can get the secure keys from the secure key server. And for that, you have a security group where, you know, you have to register and get the keys. And once you have that keys, you can do the encryption. Okay, now yeah. why it is important? See, in case of broker, when you have a broker, okay, you have a broker security coming picture, right? When you have this AMQP and MQTT broker, they have their own security which is independent of the security I talked about. So you can have that security and this security running on top of it. But when you have UDP communication, in the UDP communication, you don't have a security at all because there's no broker, right? It is just the network layer, right? And there, this security becomes very important. And that's how you use a, a pops up secure keys to encrypt the messages. And, you know, that is important part of the pops up. Without that, you know, it, uh, I don't think people will use it in the field anywhere, you know, the security yeah. has to come. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, thanks for thanks for that addition. Yeah, so um, yeah, so uh, if you could uh, then maybe uh, give us an overview of uh, the UA uh, the UOPC pubs up bridge. Uh, uh -huh. So as I mentioned, this is a, a part of your product line at Utunga, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. so yeah, if you could give us an overview of the UOPC bridge. 
Sure, sure. Uh, can I just uh, share my screen for that? Yeah, absolutely. Let me see. So let me, uh, I'll just uh, run through a couple of slides where I'll uh, talk of a couple of things, okay? And uh, uh, Popsa will also be part of that. So um, let me start with the, uh, you know, uh, what our company does it, okay? And then from there onwards, uh, I'll go towards our product. So uh, Utunga, as a company, you know, it's a product engineering uh, solution and solutions company. Uh, okay, uh, we, basically, uh, we do product engineering services for uh, OEMs, ISVs, you know. Uh, so that product that we talked about in the last session, right, you have the PLC drivers and RTOs and all that, right? Uh, we have actually built the OPC US server on many of them for the uh, end-party customers or third-party customers, okay? Uh, so that is one part of the story. We also help uh, people uh, build solution for them in their plants. So suppose uh, there is a plant where, you know, you have a lot of brownfield components, uh, the old components, I mean to say, and you want to move towards, we can help them, okay? Uh, we we were uh, established in 2007. Uh, we are around 15 years old, okay? And now we are 800 plus. We are primarily uh, uh, headquartered, I mean, we are in headquarters in Bangalore. We are primarily in India, Okay. And we have offices, you know, in Europe, uh, in USA, in Japan. But these are mostly sales office, business offices. We plan to expand there. But, but our workforce is in, basically in Bangalore. Okay. And we have been part of foundation. Uh, in fact, the product that we are going to talk about was actually started uh, getting built or it was built to test the PubSub protocol when it was just getting uh, built by the foundation. You know, we were one of the members who were writing early samples for pops up uh, and that's how the product got built it. okay and uh so, so let me just go to the next screen yeah so uh as i said we are the corporate member uh 2008 okay uh we have been uh, contributing to the uh opc uh, big time in fact for the first time uh when the opc day happened in india okay when opc foundation member came to india we were the guys behind that we got them to india we had a conference and all that okay and uh, this, we are the code, I mean, three of the people, you know, me, Smita, and Chhatrapati. Smita is also a co-founder of the company. Okay, we are the listed OPC experts on the site. Okay, and that's how we are, so that heavily we are involved, you know. Basically, we are a technology-forward company, and that's why we uh, we participate in most of these technology consortium bodies, you know, because there you come to know what is going to come tomorrow. We are defining yeah. tomorrow's technology, and we start building product on that. So when the market reaches there, we are ready. Okay. And that's giving us a lot of advantages still now, okay? And these are the, some of the uh, groups uh, that we are part of it, uh, some of the strategic partners that we have it, okay? Now, to come into my product that uh, we are discussing, okay? So this is a product that I was talking about, uh, okay? See, basic, before I uh, actually go there, now that OPCO PopSub has been established uh, very well, okay? Uh, and uh, people understand what PopSub is. Let me bring another use case that PopSub does it, okay, which was still not there, which was DMZ Gateway. Okay. okay, what is the DMZ gateway? So let's first understand what is DMZ. In in the automation world, DMZ is a key concept where what happens is IT network and OT networks are separated. Okay, see OT network is holding all the key components, all the key infrastructure, right? So if an attacker reaches there, if a hacker reaches there, it can create a catastrophe, right? Yeah. And IT network has to have internet because all the office guys are working there. Okay, and IT has to connect to OT, but with a lot of security. And that's why DMZ comes in where, you know, they create this uh, gap. They create this uh, zone where IT guys have a limited access to the OT via firewalls. Okay. And now there's a need to move data from OT to the IT with the help of these firewalls. Now, in case of OPC or TCP IP, 
because client used to start the communication as the client is an IT layer and the server an OT layer, the firewall port has to be open downwards, you know, uh, inwards, which is not a good thing because the same port can be used by other people. But if you look at PubSub, publisher publishes information, goes to broker, broker gives some data to the subscriber. So data always goes one way. The data direction is always one way. Yeah. Or just imagine if the data, uh, if you are using the same data in the plant, okay, the firewall port has to be open upwards, outbound ports, right? So if the, all the publishers are sitting in OT environment, publishing a data, and the brokers in DMZ layer, okay, and from their subscribers are picking up, all the firewall ports are open upwards. That means there's no security compromise. Okay, so we are pushing the envelope and we have published article on this also in the foundation newsletter that uh, pops up can be the new technology, okay, to act as a DMZ gateway. Okay, now coming back to my product. Okay, see, uh, so in OPCF pops up, you have a publisher, you also have a subscriber, right? But this product can act as a publisher as well as subscriber. Okay, mm. in the same product in one installation, you can have some component acting as a publisher and some component acting as subscriber. Okay. okay. Now, because of that, uh, we start, uh, we are saying that this product can be an ideal product to act as a DMZ gateway. Just imagine one instance of product running uh, below in the OT layer. Okay. Getting a data from the OT. Currently, my product supports, as you can see, US server, DA server, database. We also have Modbus coming up. Okay. Which is not released yet, but it is there. Okay, so I was talking about this OT technologies, right? The old technologies, the field protocols, right? So DA server is a, like a OPC classic server, UA that you are aware of it. Modbus is a field protocol. My publisher component of my product can talk to all these lower level devices, get the data using that protocols, convert to OPC or pops up and put it on the broker. And I can have another instance of my same product running in the IT layer. Okay, acting as a subscriber and picking the same data and putting in the IT layer. Okay, so two instances of the pops up working across IT OT layer can act as an ideal DMZ gateway. Okay, yeah. that's one use case. Second is that we talked about the data to cloud, right? We already have this product in marketplace. Uh, a pops up bridge has already been published on Azure Marketplace. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we are also going to soon have this as an OPC publisher module. I remember at some time in the last session, we talked about uh, Azure uh, IoT Hub has a publisher module where it gets a data from the uh, South protocols or South side protocols or the OT layer protocols and converts to OPC PubSub. This is a classic example. I'm getting data from all the field protocols, converting the PubSub and pushing it to cloud. Right? Uh, okay. So, so as a, sorry, yeah. miss, sorry to interrupt you. So as, the, as, as a module there, is it because I know that with the uh, uh, with with the publisher module uh, from Microsoft, you can uh, deploy it onto Azure IoT Edge runtime. Is that going to be the case also with with yes? With yes. This? So in in a month, one one month or two month time, we'll be there. So we already are in the marketplace, but currently it comes to us. We are going to natively be an Edge module there. So we'll have that uh, Edge container, you know, the Docker image that yep. typically you have it. You download in the Azure and you connect to this outside in the OT layer and get the data to the cloud. We are working on it. Awesome. awesome. Okay. So that is and another thing you know is that uh, uh, the protocol bridge. See uh, what happened is uh, when you have this UDP communication or field communication happening, you know it is limited to a local network. Okay. And in the plant you have a different different subnets. You know for security purpose they segregate the networks. 
okay so that when a hack happens or some security compromise happen not everything should get compromised the same time they want to move a data okay now suppose there are two three, two subnets which are segregated completely but some key data has to move okay again you can use pubsub you can have on a subnet one having a, a a publisher pushing a data to a dmz layer broker in a secure tls with a opc security built in and in subnet 3 another instance of that picking up that data and mapping back to the different points and that way now you are actually moving a data from subnet 1 to 3 which was not possible till that time so with popsa we realized that the technology allows it right the technology was built to allow this kind of use cases and because my product can act as publisher as well as subscriber same product with the two instances can do that job okay so the functionality remains the same it is doing the same job in each case but you can use as a dmz gateway you can use it to move data to a cloud okay or you can have a protocol bridge the biggest advantage is what so some of the key advantage here is in case the pops up bridge uh, loses connection to the broker you know that broker that we're talking about yeah. okay it has a store and forward option also so what happens is you can enable this option where the moment I use connection to the broker, I start storing a data into a DB. Okay. And the moment I recover my connection, I can start pushing back the data on the broker. So you lose no data. And there are different modes, you know, how you push a data. I can push both historical data, live data on the uh, broker. I can put in a sequence based on the client requirement. So because of that, uh, we are saying that, you know, it can give you a, a free last week transmission or noisy link. If the connection goes, no problem. I have stored all the data and giving it to you. Okay. So that's where PopSub Bridge has become a key uh, product. We have number of clients. We already have a clients we are using their frameworks. Okay. We have other clients who are already interested. And soon it will be part of the Azure IoT framework. Okay. okay. So yeah. So that is about PopSub. Okay. So uh, that brings us to the end uh, of this podcast. Uh, Praveen, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming through. Thanks again, uh, Kudzai, for inviting me and having such an intense discussion, having such a good questions. You know, it just helped me uh, explain information in a much better way. Thank you very much for calling me. Thank you.